Hey everyone, this is Jason from Sheep Out of Water. It has been fantastic engaging some of you through social media, email, and even in person. Don't forget to share us with your friends. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, even YouTube. In this episode, Jesus tells us we have to hate our family if we want to be his disciples. What did he mean? Also, I share how not to deal with your favorite team losing, and Chris poses a deep question. Our conversations centered on the Gospel of Luke, chapter 14, verses 25 through 33, Wisdom, chapter 9, verses 13 through 18, Psalm 90, and Paul's letter to Philemon, verses 9 through 10 and 12 through 17. We hope you enjoy. Welcome, welcome, everybody. Sheep Out of Water, episode 8. My main man, Chris, the former priest. This is Jason, the former atheist. Here we are again, together again, Chris. And hello to our new listeners. I just want to give you guys a shout out because people have been sending in emails or coming up and uh, commenting on the podcast, even walking down the street the other day. Somebody <laughs> said, hey, sheep, sheep, <laughs> love the podcast. <laughs> and, uh, so thanks, everybody. Yeah, it's been Keep doing what we can do. It's been kind of cool. Uh, like that—that that was interesting. I'm, we're waiting for people, and, and Jen and Krenner are like just waiting, like they're like waiting to hear ba ba. <laughs> we're walking up, so we're, I guess we're, who knows if that kind of ha- that happens. But um, it's been cool to hear everybody's feedback, and, and by all means, uh, feel free to say hi, ask us questions, give us suggestions when you see us. So it's been it's been fun so far. Yeah. <laughs> all right. I'm going to lead off, man, uh, with, with with Jesus from the gospel. Here he says this. If anyone comes to me without hating his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not carry his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Chris, hate our own family. What what? what's going on here jason if your eye causes you to sin pluck it out if your hand causes you to sin cut it off (laughs) if your tongue causes you to sin cut it out uh it's all hyperbole and so jesus obviously does not want us to hate our fathers and mothers and brothers and sisters uh he is very aware of the fourth commandment to honor them uh but what he, I think, is really trying to strive at driving home by purposely using the hyperbole there is the fact that you have to be willing to break from your family if they become a cause of you, your temptation to sin uh, through lack of charity or whatever it might be, or if they are so against you and your faith and the practice of your faith and how you try to raise your family that you've got to be willing to make that break doesn't mean that you stop loving them because he says to love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as yourself. So obviously we still see our families who we may have broken from as our neighbor and have a Christian charity or uh, charity due to them uh, just by the nature of our Christianity, but certainly not to hate them uh, or try to destroy them in the process. Yeah, I did that on purpose because I wonder how many people in the in the history of time have read that line and then shut the Bible or just said, man, that's hmm. too hard to take. Hmm. Um, 
or or even said, man, why why does he have to go there? In in I'm not used to be one of those people. Um, if I'm being honest, you know, I, it's like what that's kind of you don't need to be that way, man. Um, but but it it does get your attention, doesn't it? Yeah. So as a, a former atheist, is that something that you ever did do where you said, ah, maybe I'll dabble in this and see what these Christians are talking? What kind of reading is that? Um, you know, honestly, I didn't didn't sniff a Bible. Um, I think that's good because some of them smell really good. <laughs> Moldy. I guess that's a good a good habit not to start. Uh, I smoke in smoke in cemeteries and Jason secretly sniffs Bibles in the gym closet. Uh, talk about a meme. <laughs> um, no, I, I I didn't, and it was part of the hey, I don't even want to even think about Jesus, let alone open up the Bible. I think I started getting more of those feelings as I was starting to come starting to explore and starting to be open to Christ. And then I'd read something like that and be like, man, like, why, why, why go there to start with? And, and, um, but as I've gotten older, um, and, and pretty quickly in my conversion too, like I I really appreciated it because it's, we live in the time and, and, and I don't, I don't do well when people try and kind of tiptoe around things, you know, like Mm -hmm. say what you got to say and then let's deal with it. Right. Um, and he's, he's catching our attention. Um, clearly, but, but I, what I like about it is if you can get past that now you're, and you should, he starts talking about constructing towers and who doesn't calculate the cost before you, 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 you construct these towers and, and, you know, he's talking about laying a foundation, um, you know, and, and, and who doesn't go into marching into battle without, you know, Hey, I've got enough troops and all these things. He's making a very clear point too. It's like, Hey, take the hyperbole away. Like, you've got, I've got to be your center. I have to be your foundation. Mm-hmm. And, and if you really look at the gospels and read through them, he's constantly saying that, right. Yeah. Um, to his own detriment physically as it happens. Um, but that's what he's saying here too, is, Hey, even, and he's, and that's what I love about the hyperbole, even, and this is what's so hard, even your own wife, even your own kids, even your own, the closest people you can think of, they cannot be your center, you know, even though they are probably, and that's probably, if I'm being honest, that's where I struggle the most is like, they're my center. How do I, how can I make something else my center? That's not my wife and my kids. Right. Um, but here's the thing to this. If you, if he's not, then you're failing them. And then there's another, there's another reality to it as well. They're fallen human beings. And I am as well. So if my 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 loved ones are making me the center of their life that they that, that I you know they get the most value from or they look up to or they whatever however you want to put it, I'm going to fail them. And, and you know, and so Jesus isn't. Yeah, and that's what he's saying. Hey, look, they they they're amazing people, but they're they're not perfect. So and they're you know, they should be helping you on this path, but they may not be. Um, and they may, they may get caught up in something that they're trying to work through. Um, so I think that's a big point in this gospel as well. Yeah. If you're uh if you're a ship that's coming in from a hurricane, you know, out in the ocean, you get into the port and you've got the option of two different docks. The one dock is Christ, who is the unbreakable, perfect dock that, you know, he's, uh, 
you can safely tie up to. And then you've got the other one, which looks kind of good, but it's got its flaws and, you know, it might be a little unsteady in different sections. Uh, you know, the, the question is why, why would you not tie up to Christ the doc and tie up instead of your family uh, or your friends or your dog or your cat or where you're running or whatever particular guy that you think you need to create or your sports team. Yeah. Why? Cause they're going to lose. They're gonna, Mets. Hey, lose. I'm wearing my amazing, <laughs> my amazing Met shirt in honor. As we record this, the Mets have just taken two or three from the Los Angeles Dodgers, everybody. And they're three games in first, maybe more after tonight. So let's celebrate that fact. Um, but you're right. Like I, humor funny story so like yeah i'm a big mets fan in in um they probably had too much of a pull on me at one point in life <laughs> to to a point where i was so tired and this is uh in the 90s and i just saw this graphic came up to tonight on the game the atlanta braves were like in their in the mess division had won literally 14 years in a row they won their division and i remember in college the, we were in the middle of all this uh and, and again they were winning and the Mets were losing and I I had I just about had it and my grandfather I don't know why he did this but years before that he had given me a videotape of the Braves it was like the first year they had they won the division and they, it was kind of a cool story and he knew I loved baseball so he meant well so he gave me that tape and it was at the time I was like no big deal and for some reason I kept it um, but I got so mad about this particular game or this particular time in the season that I took a baseball bat to that videotape because I was so tired of the Atlanta Braves. <laughs> and, and how stupid is that? <laughs> so yeah, we can get That's off passionate. <laughs> we can get off kilter if we uh, have the wrong center. Yeah, I was going to say I mine was probably uh, racing, car racing, mm. and the different drivers that I followed. And if you are or were a race car driver, you did not want me rooting for you because most of the race car drivers I rooted for ended up dying tragically. Mm. Uh, and one of them just plain out retired uh, very young because I think anxiety was basically mm. getting to him. And I thought, I better just stop rooting for these guys because one, they lose all the time. And two, they're not doing very well. But I never took a baseball bat to any of them. No, no. So you're better off, I think. You're just anxious about you being their fan. That's all. <laughs> I just want to tie up to Jesus and let him be the Lord of my life. Yeah. Boy, we so digressed on that one. We we did, but <laughs> hey, it's an important point to. But that's, these are the things that happen when he is not your center, uh, for that's sure. Right. Sorry, right, I'll, I'll transition here then. So we go into the first reading then. So we 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 have this this core teaching of Jesus, like, hey, he he's our center, right? Um, the first reading, you know, not on top of making Jesus our only center, right? We're reminded in the first reading that we don't understand God's ways. He's our center. You don't understand how I'm doing business, gang. And, and, and the line that, that I'm referring to talks about here in wisdom is who can know God's counsel or who can conceive what the Lord intends? It's really truly not possible for us. It is the message that, that it's coming through to me is we really don't truly understand his ways. Right. And can't. I mean, it really can't. That any wisdom that we get, any chance we have of tapping into the eternal 
itself is his gift because we we hear how we can't even get the stuff on earth figured out you know that here we are you know what in the last 20 years i mean they were talking about when i was in college at freshman in college so that would have been 1994 about this dna stuff and how it's going to take forever to map it uh been there done that but that <laughs> didn't take that long uh so wow good for us but wait where did where did this dna come from and so the, I don't know. Where did it come from? How did it develop? They have no idea. No. Uh, mapping the ocean floor. Okay, we kind of got it, but we don't know what's down there. We don't, we're discovering new fish every day. It's just incredible like how amazing our planet is. But by the way, that's just one planet in one solar system, in one galaxy out of 300 billion galaxies. And I, I'll tell you what, light years, that's something that always gets me thinking about God. You know, the, the closest sun, next the next closest sun to us is, I, I don't even remember, I'm going to mess it up, how many thousands of light years away. And I'm thinking to myself, it's a big place. And I'm just going to go around quoting God as if I know what he's all about. Stop yourself. No. Yeah. Well, we talked about too, I think a number of times to trying to wrap our brains around suffering and pain and evil and all those things. And, and this is this, it goes to this same thought of like, we just, and maybe there's a piece to that, that we don't understand his ways. So, and we, we don't have the full capacity to do that. So, you know, stop trying to really come to a hundred percent understanding of why those things happen. Um, it, there's, there's goodness that'll come out of it. But so we've talked about that a few times. So I think it speaks to that as well. But, and that whole reading from wisdom, is just incredible. Like how it flows, right? So for the deliberations of mortals are timid and unsure of our plans for the corruptible body burdens the soul. I mean, think about how many times I think about how many times I'm like, I shouldn't have another cookie. And I do. I shouldn't have another brownie. I do. In fact, I don't just have one. I'll have three or four. And we'll doggone it. I've now lost my all self-control. So let's do five or six. One <laughs> of my neighbors, he always loves to joke about Oreo cookies. He's like, one Oreo cookie? You mean like one sleeve? Yeah, no, I'll do three sleeves and sometimes four. I'll eat the whole damn box. <laughs> Nobody can do this one Oreo like that. That that's come on. <laughs> so we talk about the corruptible body burdens the soul, and it really does because that really gets down on me. And then you start learning about like the physiology of the brain and and how even that like the pleasure receptors are set against you. So that well, yeah, I, I'm gonna not. I'm gonna go back to that animal side of me and just give in because it's there in front of me. And so then I feel bad about myself afterwards. And so here I'm struggling with Oreo cookies and brownies. And then we hear the next line, and scarce do we guess the things of the earth and what is within our grasp right. we find only with difficulty. But then the things of heaven, who can search them out? I mean, those writers of that wisdom literature are like, I just wish I knew them. I'd probably be so embarrassed to be around them because I'm like, uh, I wish I could be like you. 
because they just understood and were able to express in very non-judgmental ways. You know, I don't mm-hmm. feel bad reading it. I feel inspired reading it. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, I get that part. And I just know that I need to look to God for that wisdom because it comes from the Holy Spirit on high. Yeah. As we see that that reading. Yeah, absolutely. Then we then we get into the second reading and we're told this. <laughs> we're told that God's time is not our time, basically, as well. So for a thousand years in your sight are as yesterday. Right. Sponsor And I'm sorry, yeah, I'm sorry. Did I say the second reading? I meant and yeah. Well, good correction there, my man. Um, but yeah, we're we're told it's not our time. So I'm the center. My ways you you can't understand. And my time isn't your time. And you hear that and and, and God's outside of time. So a thousand years means nothing to him. But but we 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 need to know the answer now, God. We need yeah. to know. Right. Unbelievable. And the you know, people, oh well, was the earth really created? I'm sure was that one of the arguments you saw as an atheist, you know, that how could the earth be created in seven days, stupid Christians? Yeah. Yeah, I, I went there. And then, you know, the sad thing was, is, you know, I, I just don't have much respect for people who they latch on to that and they'll find somebody who takes the Bible literally. Mm-hmm. And it takes you about if you really get into it, it takes you about all oh, five minutes to realize there's more going on here than it can't be literal in some of these books and, and all this stuff. And I just it's just a weak way to try to combat something you know um so yeah but but yeah i was one of those people it's like okay none of this makes sense yeah no like we know this already as fact like this is scientifically proven like and you're saying this in the bible seven days no yeah and all they had somebody had to do is say okay jace well let me take you to psalm 90 where it says for a thousand years in your sight or yesterday is come and gone. And I think another place it talks about one day is like a thousand years, a thousand years are like one day. So it's, it's just this unlimited amount of time, unspecified amount of time. And we get so busy, 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 busy in our own lives thinking that it has to be done a certain way in a certain time. And God's saying, yeah, no, you see, you got <laughs> more like the dew like the grass you're gonna come up in the morning and well by evening in my sight you know in these thousand years so yeah i think that the psalmist really pulls the meat out of that which is to say teach us to number our days aright that we may gain wisdom mm-hmm. and heart and this touches on humility mm-hmm. we were talking yeah. about last week last week right yeah. we have to accept that we don't get to know we're only this small, tiny little part of this amazing story. And we have to be okay with that, but we have to, we have to do our tiny little part, like the best possible way we can. And yeah. who knows what kind of amazing good will come out of our tiny little, tiny little part. But, um, it's, it's and the, yeah. And the timing it does, I, you know, I, uh, for our listeners, Jason and I, last week we were talking, recording, I uh, had no idea that, uh, by the time we got to this time this week that my uh, beloved aunt would have died. And she mm-hmm. was, when I moved to Indiana in 99, you know, she 
kind of became a, a sort of mother to me because she was the one who then hosted me at the Thanksgivings and the Christmases and Easter's and holidays and made sure I was all right. And especially when I became a priest was very much uh, a Martha uh, for me in terms of just always making sure that I had food or I had enough money or whatever it might be. I had a place to come home to. And so she passed away and, and it was somewhat expected. Uh, she had been suffering for a couple of years uh, but we didn't know it was going to be this week. And, you know, here we are at the end of this week now, and I've already been to the funeral. She's already been buried. And mm -hmm. that was one of the things that the priest in the funeral homily said was, and it was true, you know, she there was no um, making her a saint. That's not what he was doing. But he just said, Jane taught us how to be good examples of followers of Christ. She did it herself. And she asked other people to join her in doing it. And I thought to myself, because, you know, I read this reading in preparation for this week. And so I was thinking about that at the funeral. Teach us to number our days aright. It's not about numbering the days until we get it right. It's not about numbering the days until we're gone, but to spend those days that we've got doing what is right. Hmm. It's amazing when God puts those people in our life, right? Like, and, and then you get to celebrate them and it's a strange thing you're, you're mourning them and celebrating them at the same time and i don't know how that works mentally but it's it's hard but but then you get to you get a nugget like that already like wow that's what she was doing that's that's how she impacted me and it's only been a couple of days yeah well, what a blessing yeah you know man so here we had perfect transition in the second reading with yeah. paul saying i paul an old man he's nearing the end of his life not sure if there's anything that you wanted to pull out of the second reading this week, but um, I I I, I did you know I I did pull something out and I, I was surprised by it. It was the line I did not want to do anything without your consent, so that the good you do might not be forced but voluntary. And you know we we've got Paul writing this letter to this church and 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 talking about this the slave that, that he he wants to to be freed or and help him and but he's not pushing them and telling them they have to do this mm -hmm. he's and he's telling them i i was i'm hoping i was hoping that you would on your own is basically what he's saying in this and i love this about uh john paul ii saint john saint john paul ii but it's the, the concept of um proposing not imposing mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. And we get slammed a lot of ways. Our church gets slammed a lot of ways because there's this, and I had, this was a huge hangup I had about the Catholic church or just, just church in general was that, oh, you're imposing this on people in some ways. Yeah. And in some ways people do, uh, and they try to, and that's when they fail. Uh, um, here's the quote um, from John Paul II. The church addresses people with full respect for their freedom. Her mission does not restrict freedom, but rather promotes it. The church proposes. She imposes nothing. She respects individuals and cultures, and she honors the sanctuary of conscience. To those who, for various reasons, oppose missionary activity, the church repeats, open the doors to Christ. That's it. And, like, and, and there's a beauty to that. And that just, I don't know why, that theme came out when I read that line. Mm -hmm. Um and, it, and it's not just in proposing faith. It's it's almost anything. Yeah. But we're living in a culture right now where we're trying to, everybody's trying to impose everything on everybody. Yeah. 
instead yeah. of proposing. Yeah. You know, we have these amazing, this amazing gift of intellect and reason. And so just, Hey, let me, Hey, think about this, you know? Um, and that's what John Paul II is saying. And that's what that, you know, Paul is saying in this letter, like, man, Hey, I was hoping you would do this. And, and, it, and there's a respect to the, to their free will. Right. And that, that, that never gets talked about, about our, our church. It no. truly, 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 the true teaching of the teaching is right. about free will. And, and there's a such a deep respect for that. Yeah. So it's much. Always so that, a proposal. It's always an invitation, which you can turn away from. So, it, you know, I, I, I can hear myself asking these questions. So no damn well, somebody else out there is asking these questions. <laughs> what about celibacy? And what about uh, sex outside of marriage? You know, you're imposing all those rules and regulations on people. And. I would say no. They're pro- proposing them mm-hmm. is an invitation to live a life in grace by not uh, committing a sin that is named a sin in both the Old Testament and the New uh, by fornicating. Uh, that celibacy is an invitation for priests to live a life uh, by not getting married. And you can choose it to accept an invitation or choose not to, or in my case, choose it. And then for good reasons, leave it. Uh, and with God's grace, pursue another vocation, but never done lightly. And I think that's in some ways the deeper issue there, which is what you were getting at, you know, that, that St. Paul was saying to them, uh, to his owner, that I don't want to just impose this on you. I don't want to do it without your consent. So I am proposing you mm-hmm. set him free. Here's the invitation to grace. Do you accept or not? And ultimately it's up to them. Yes. And if I'm not Free mistaken, will. we don't really ever find out what happens to. We don't. Onemesis, on like, which I'm butchering right now because I can never say his name, but um, I should have Googled that and hit the little play button. <laughs> so, so we had to take a quick break there. And and Chris took it upon himself to use our our good friend at Google, Mister Google. You, you laid it out there. I just had to take the bait. I couldn't help myself. Onisimus. 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 Now the name is pronounced Onisimus. There we go. See, now we're paying respect to Onisimus. Onisimus. <laughs> We don't, don't look at happens. the one that's good. That's, that's where I think I go, I go wrong. <laughs> yeah. But let me go back to this though. Um, this, I, the, the, the thing we get, you know, we get slammed about being imposing. So you can't share truth, right? Truth is, there, is finite. You can't, you can't bend it. So when you have people that aren't living or are, 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 not knowing truth, that there's going to be error. There's going to be messiness and it's going to be, you know, people bungling around trying to figure it out. Right. Um, so you can't have the church of God giving truth and not sometimes delivering harsh messages, right. For people who are, are not quite understanding or, or, you know, and I've been there a hundred times and still am in a lot of ways. Um, but so you can't, you, you can't have that on one hand, and and then you know be mad about it right but, but the part of this but but here's what's so beautiful about it like 
they're they're proposing these truths. They're telling you like, look, this is the truth. It's not going to change whether you believe it or not. This is the truth. And I should say we, I'm part of the church. Um, we're, but we're never going to force it on you um, if we're in doing this the right way. Because God knows there's been plenty of Christians out there that have tried to impose things and it goes horribly wrong when that happens. Um, and then we overcorrect and think that those truths are wrong because somebody mis misappropriated them or used them incorrectly, right? But this beautiful imposing, you know, proposing, not imposing. And, and, and did we, I don't remember we talked about this, but so much so that the 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 church, the Christian Christians are, are constant punchlines for everybody yeah. else. Yeah. Right? Because we're constantly really proposing, not imposing. If we were always imposing, there would be a whole lot of people that aren't comfortable making fun of Christians. Right. Does that right. make the logic yeah. make sense to that? No, I think uh, my mind just went to, uh, went and watched that uh, interview with uh, Joe Rogan and Seth Dillon, you mm -hmm. know, on the uh, abortion uh, topic. And uh, in that he, Joe Rogan was also talking about how the Christian church is like the last and only church that really, is constantly like yeah. getting made fun of all the time and it's allowed to be. And it reminded me of a book I read in the seminary called Catholicism, the last acceptable prejudice. What a title that is. I mean, incredible. And interestingly enough, it's written by he's either Anglican or Episcopalian. I can't remember <laughs> which, but he's, he's not even Catholic. And he's saying Catholicism is the last acceptable prejudice. No. So you're right. I, you know, if uh, we didn't leave ourselves open to it, it wouldn't be so easy. Yeah, we wouldn't be allowed to. And I'm I'm fine with mocked. it. I don't. I have no problem with it. You know, what I mean, yeah. I, but it, it just I just find that to be interesting about the culture and that that the the Christian religion is is it's perfectly okay to mock and make fun of and but. Everything else is still sacred. Well, my man, I uh, do not have anything else. No other wisdom that's been imparted through me to my notebook, tablet, whatever you want to call when I write these things down. Do you have anything else? Uh, only this one thing in the gospel we didn't really touch. Um, I mean, you touched it. You mentioned it where Jesus says, you know, which of you wishing to construct a tower does not first sit down and calculate the cost to see if there's enough for its completion. Otherwise, after laying the foundation and finding himself unable to finish the work, the onlookers should laugh at him and say, this one began to build, so on and so forth. And how beautiful it is that uh, that particular, particular verse is something that uh, you can relate directly to because you have in your job, jobs, career, uh, literally built buildings <laughs> and and very heavily responsible for just that very thing so you know in the scriptures he talks a lot about fishermen he talks a lot about sheep and shepherds and here's one uh, talking about laying the foundation and building a building and so you yourself knowing very intimately how detailed that work mm. has to be and that preparation has to be and how to be uh adept and flexible and adaptable when things don't go exactly as planned and still have plans for those mm -hmm. situations. 
Yeah. So Jesus wrote that one for you, man. Hey, <laughs> I appreciate that, Jesus. Yeah, no, it, it, those experiences, you, you definitely appreciate readings like this and you definitely appreciate it's, it is a weird dichotomy in that you, you have to have a good foundation, a good plan, but you also have to be flexible. That's the one thing I've learned in projects like that. Like you got to have a really good starting place. And, and that's a place you can always go back to if you're, you get kind of lost when something really goofy happens or details get crazy. Um, but then you just, you, that's what the starting place and you can always go back there. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's a, a good analogy, my man. Appreciate that. So it makes me certainly appreciate, um, yeah, I think the whole the whole plan of salvation and all that, right? I can kind of see, I don't know how to put this in words, see how it's the long play versus the short play, maybe, is a better way to, to describe it. You know, when you're trying to do something, you want this to happen right now, but um, the long play is going to be better uh, versus just throwing something together with, and, and cutting corners and all that kind of stuff too. See, this is your logical mind, your your uh, builder mind at work. What this is my my uh, way out there mind, but what if Jesus told that scripture knowing that you yourself would read it someday as an atheist? <laughs> yeah, right. Because he did. He may not just said it for you, and. Luke may have not just captured it and written it down just for you, but certainly he had you in mind yeah. that all these millennium year, uh, millennia later, you would read it yeah. and be able to relate to it. Yeah. That's cool. Right. Like there's some, that did, I do relate to that because of this. So um, that is amazing. when you think about it, I mean, how, how old are these scriptures, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Pretty amazing. And he, he didn't write it just for us but he wrote it with us in mind. Yeah. Each and every line. Amazing. I said, wrote it. He spoke it. He lived it. He told those stories and others captured it. Yeah. All right. Did Jesus know how to write? Yes. He, <laughs> he was a rabbi. <laughs> Just like that, that was a funny question for our listeners. Like, Wait, did he? I don't know. Did he? Uh, hey, I don't maybe you'll see the video of this one day, maybe you won't, but I had that look on my face like because <laughs> at first I wanted to be like, Yeah, he did. And then the way you asked it, I'm like, it, it made me question it. <laughs> like, what was he writing in the sand? You know? <laughs> there you go. Yeah, scripture tells he did. <laughs> he could have been drawing stick figures, maybe. <laughs> oh boy. You had me. You got me on that one. All right, let's pray. Yes, yes. Heavenly Father, you know us much more intimately than we know ourselves. And you have seen us in each of our lowest points and may still see us in an even lower point, God forbid, someday. But you've also brought us to higher heights, reminding us that Though we are grass and rise in the morning and wilt at the end of the day, you are there with us always giving us life. And as my aunt passed away, that you're even with us in death and bring us to that eternal life. So we pray for ourselves, our families, our friends, our listeners, that you will be with them and make them very aware that you are with them 
each and every moment of the day that you were with them in this life and their highs and lows and that you were with them as they die and enter into eternal life. What I'll ask is that help us to accept the fact that your time is not our time. Help us to accept the fact that your ways are, are not understandable to us. Help us be at peace with that. Um, help us find you as our center every day and every minute. But also, Lord, help us appreciate those, those moments when we get a sliver of understanding. Help us pause in, 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 in just thankfulness when, when we get those, those little moments where we do get a glimpse of, of your, your great plan and ask those come more abundantly to, to us. And especially those that need you, need you as their center that are lost. We ask this in your name. Amen. 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 All right, everybody. Well, God bless. And hopefully we'll uh, connect with you next week.